Good afternoon. Welcome to the NCA podcast. We are so glad that you're joining us. Today we have two guests from the University of Notre Dame who have been involved with Project LEAD. And Project LEAD is a wonderful initiative that I'm going to let them discuss with me and we'll tell you about it in just a moment. But first, I'm Kathy Mears, your hostess, and our guest today, again, from the University of Notre Dame. And I'm going to let them introduce themselves because I want you to hear their voice and their name at the same time so you know who's who. So um, I'll let Katie go first. Thank you very much, Kathy. Hi, friends. My name is Katie LaShawn. Um, and here at the University of Notre Dame, I have the joy and privilege of directing our English as a New Language program, as well as our Catholic School Advantage. Um, all of these initiatives are aimed towards welcoming um, and educating, embracing, and empowering culturally and linguistically diverse students. Um, and Project LEAD that we're going to talk about today um, is very much uh, linked to those two initiatives. So thank you very much uh, for welcoming me today. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Kathy, for hosting us and Katie for introducing yourself. Um, I'm going to jump right in here and just say hello, everyone. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our conversation today. Uh, my name is Sewell Moreno, and I serve here with the ACE team within a few different roles, um, but most excitedly for uh, this Latino Educator and Administrator Development Program, which falls within the English as a New Language program that uh, Dr. Katie LaShawn here leads. So I am excited to be here with all of you and to share a little bit more about uh, this exciting new initiative that we have uh, under kind of heading off here at Notre Dame. So thank you both ladies and thank you for, for being part of the podcast. So we will get to project lead in just a minute, but I, just a general question because people wonder, how do you end up at the University of Notre Dame? Are you from South Bend? I don't think either one of you really are, but how do you end up at the University of Notre Dame? Could you tell us um, your story? It's called, do you want to go first? Yeah, sure thing. I'm happy to go first as I, I'm the more recent one here, um, but I, I originally came out to South Bend, not for Notre Dame, uh, but actually for a beautiful uh, school community that is also in the neighborhood. So I am a very proud St. Mary's College um, alumna, and I moved out to South Bend um, from Phoenix, Arizona to attend St. Mary's College. So I, I did four years of undergrad here, and I just totally fell in love with the area and the people. And um, it was a very different community from that which I originally grew up in out in Phoenix. but one that I felt um, kind of instinctively would be a place that I called home. So after I graduated from St. Mary's, I went on to do the ACE Teaching Fellows Program, uh, which providentially placed me still in the state of Indiana, uh, kind of that Hoosier spirit growing more and more by the year. But uh, I, I taught through the ACE Teaching Fellows Program down in Indianapolis for a few years. And then after my time uh, down at St. Philip Neary as a fourth grade teacher through ACE, I decided to come up to South Bend again and work for the ACE team. Um, so that's kind of what brought me back to Notre Dame and uh, proudly, you know, uh, carry that St. Mary's origin story and root and was able to then pursue that master's degree here at Notre Dame through the Teaching Fellows Program and now uh, feel so delighted and honored to be a part of the team. And we love St. Mary's. It's a wonderful place. Yes. Go Bells. Yeah, there you go. Your turn, Katie. 
Thank you very much, Kathy. Um, and it's my joy and privilege to work alongside incredible people um, like Yitzul. And so I think for me, um, it's Providence that I landed back here at Notre Dame, or maybe just the grace of Our Lady, first and foremost. Secondly, there's always a story about a boy, right? And so um, I had the joy of following my husband, John Paul, back to Notre Dame when I was finishing um, writing my dissertation. And so uh, my research really looks at language learners, and there is no other kind of perfect place in the world to combine my love for Catholic education and language learners and the changing demographics of the church. And so um, we are so proud to call South Bend home for our family, um, and it's an incredible place to raise to raise children um, in the shadow of the Golden Dome, but honestly, to to be in a community um, so deeply Catholic and so deeply committed to um, its own kind of betterment and improvement. And I'm really committed here in town to one of our local Catholic schools. Um, beautiful story of a hundred-year-old Catholic school um, that's been given some new life these days. And so um, as a family, I'm so blessed to be here, but certainly can give all of the grace uh, to uh, to Our Lady for bringing um, me and my husband and our sweet family back here. Well, that's good. We're, we're glad that you found love and your pro profession in the same spot. That, that makes it very, very nice for you. Um, so Project LEAD is what we're um, here to talk about. And LEAD stands for the Latino Educator and Administrator Development Program. And um, it's it's a great program. And when um, Notre Dame came to NCA and said, hey, are you guys interested? We were immediately interested. But where could you share with our listeners where the idea came from? I know Father Joe Capora claims it. So where did the idea come from? And why did you say, you know what, of all the things we could do at Notre Dame, this is something we should do? I think that's an incredible question, Kathy. Thank you for asking. And I think we certainly need to acknowledge our wonderful partnership with NCEA on this, on this particular initiative, um, and we're so grateful. Uh, secondly, yes, absolutely. All the credit goes to Father Joe Kopora. Um, in our work here, we're about a decade into our work around particularly increasing Latino enrollment in Catholic schools. And we come at this work largely guided by Father Joe's long um, history of of working in Latino parishes and Latino schools. We come at this work knowing the changing demographics of the church and knowing that um, our Latino Catholics are the fastest growing population in our Catholic church um, and that these children are often underrepresented in our Catholic schools. Uh, but there's a great hope and opportunity for our Catholic schools um, to really serve this next generation um, and to really welcome Latino children. So as we've gone about this work for the last decade, um, and we feel like we have been very successful at increasing the number of Latino children in Catholic schools, which again have um, certainly uh, made our schools stronger and better, um, huge benefits um, to this work. We're really starting to look at what does this look like at the school level? And so we come at this work really committed to the fact that um, our school leadership, our school teachers and our school leadership need to be representative um, of the children in our classrooms. And so we are deeply committed, and I'll have Itzul join in here too, about why um, she thinks this work is where, where we are right now. Um, but we just think that this is our next step in ensuring that um, we are creating an environment in which our children um, see themselves on their path to holiness. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much, Katie. And I think Katie really 
grounded us in, in what's most important to us as a mission and as an organization and just providing that experience of embrace, of um, co-educating and learning and walking alongside people who are committed to the same mission. <clears throat> and lastly, um, that empowering, that empowerment piece that we hope our participants are able to experience, that we certainly experience through our um, accompaniment of them, but even more importantly than that, that they're able to then take forward into the communities where they've been called to serve throughout the country. So when I think about LEAD, um, I, I kind of can bring it back to two, two main kind of goals or goals components that continue to energize me. So the first one is just related to the mission itself. And I think um, when we talk about representation in Catholic schools or, or just representation across the board in education, we can see that it's in many ways a, a fractured pipeline, right? There, there's a lot of research on this. We can point to the studies that show that people of color, people more broadly who are coming from underrepresented groups into the field of education sometimes um, can experience burnout faster, can uh, be more susceptible to some of the barriers of, of remaining in the field of education, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I think when our team was able to kind of link to Father Joe Capora's uh, initial vision and think about the work that we do and serving and learning from culturally and linguistically diverse uh, communities, we realize that the leaders in front of the students really matter, that when you see yourself reflected or you see lived experiences um, kind of um, represented in those people who are leading your community, you're able to see a possibility for your own future. You're able to kind of break through certain barriers that might exist um, in your own advancement. So that's all a way of saying that we wanted to really come back to this commitment and this promise of um, better serving our students. And one way of doing that is by making sure that some of the people who were able to step into those leadership roles in front of them were people who in ways reflected some of their own shared identities or lived experiences. So um, as we think about what inc increasing representation means and looks like, we wanna be sure that we name that we don't believe that just because a person would identify as Latino that their path to leadership or their trajectory or growth is going to be the same across the board. Um, we know that Latinidad means a different thing to every person who isn't a part, a part of our program, to every person that exists really. Uh, and we hope that those people who, who come to our um, program and who feel called to grow in their leadership see this as a stepping stone as a stepping stone in that journey that they can come to us and feel um, again embraced uh, feel like this is a space where they can educate themselves and learn and grow in what leadership looks like and that they can go on and leave and feel empowered to do the same for their community so really we are kind of that stepping stone um, for people who might feel like they need that it, as a way of kind of uh, bridging to the next um, call to leadership. And we know that this is essential because of the many barriers that exist in particular for people from underrepresented groups, in this case, um, people coming from the Latino community. So that's kind of point one there uh, in a short story long kind of way um, for why we felt called to start this initiative and what it means to us. Very briefly, I'll kind of just add in a, a personal note here as to why I in particular felt called to uh, respond to this invitation to work on this project and, and what continues to energize me. Um, so I, as I mentioned, I'm an educator in training and at heart, truly, I think the story of my life would not be uh, complete without that of the 
educators who guided me and helped me along the way and in, in kind of overcoming some of those same barriers. Um, but I also happen to be a, a Latina woman. And I think that is an identity that is never lost on me and that I am learning more and more to fully embrace and um, to kind of walk with in and out of the spaces that I'm in. So when I first joined the ACE Teaching Fellows team and the ENL team here at Notre Dame, I I felt really energized and honestly honored to be able to work on a project that's so directly um, related to some of the experiences that I had had or to the vision that I that I hope for in the future for increasing representation in our Catholic schools. So really, it all comes back to Dr. LaShawn and to uh, people like Father Joe Capora, who had that same drive and, and commitment in their vision and have invited me in the journey as well. I, I think that your story is wonderful, and I, I think it points it out very well. Representation does matter. Um, I I just have to share this because I think it's it's it speaks to it in a really weird way. But um, my son, when he was about um, four, someone said asked him if he was going to be a doctor when he grows up. He says, "No, I can't be a doctor because I'm not a girl," because I didn't realize it, but his pediatricians had all been female. And he thought only girls could be doctors. So representation matters because I had to go and find a male doctor so my son could know he could be a doctor. And <laughs> you don't think about it, but if he had that idea about doctors, which was totally opposite of what I had growing up, because of his experiences, children have to be feeling that. Can there be a brown teacher? Can there be a brown principal? Could there be someone who who is from Asia be my principal? I just think it really does matter. And um, my son taught me that when he was three or four in that very unusual and unexpected way. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I love that vignette, um, Kathy. And I think that that's exactly right. It comes back to like that presence promoting possibility and it reshapes just the narrative of who you see as a competent person in that spot. Uh, so I appreciate that little vignette. Yeah, and it's and it's a weird thing again for me growing up with most of the doctors in my life being male. But anyway, um, Katie, you talked a lot about demographics in the church. You mentioned the word demographics three times. I don't even know if you know that. But tell us about the demographics that you're speaking of in the church, because I think it's important to know that the research I've read that says the average Catholic is brown in the United States, and this Irish Catholic didn't know that until she read that. Absolutely. We know that um, the number of Latino families in our Catholic school and churches is growing. Um, and, you know, we see this in in a lot of our parishes where we simply say, um, you know what, in our particular parish too, saying, you know what, one of our masses um, might be a little more aging and might be a little... Um, little less well attended, um, but our Spanish masses are absolutely thriving. And so something we do think about a lot, Kathy, is just framing this in the beautiful, rich history of our Catholic parishes and our Catholic schools here in the United States. Um, our Catholic schools were founded to serve um, immigrant children. Our parishes were founded to do the same, right? And so growing up, if you first, uh, right there on the East Coast, if you were Irish, um, you know, you went to St. Patrick's. And if you were uh, Italian, you went to St. Joe's Parish. Um, and so we have this beautiful, rich history in our country of, of forming parishes and schools, these cultural parishes, where language and culture uh, was celebrated. And it was one in the same with our faith and our communities and all of these beautiful pieces, these centers of, of empowerment. Um, and 
our demographics are just shifting. And so what we're seeing is um, what we call our honoring our great legacy and our great future of Catholic education. Um, for us right now, we're looking at a population that is largely Spanish speaking um, and largely Hispanic in origin. And so um, Father Joe says this a lot, but this is um, really a hopeful opportunity for revival of our church and of our schools, particularly in a time when, as we know, um, more and more Catholics are falling away from the church um, on a daily, if not annual basis. And so this is a real opportunity to connect with the growing population. So it's our it pleasure is. to be a part of this work. And, and it's it's really wonderful when you think about it, the diversity that um, I see in my my parish now. It, it's wonderful. I'm in Indianapolis and and there are people of many colors attending um, our parish. Not as many as probably there should be, but it's growing. And um, it's it's great when everybody realizes that we're worshiping the same God and everything's going to be okay with that diversity. Um, Katie, I've heard you also say that Pope Francis is a language learner. How does that play into to your picture of church and Project LEAD? Sure, that's a really interesting question, but I do quote that a lot. Um, when it comes to our English, I, I quote this on behalf of children a lot, and I say, you know what, Pope Francis, is a language learner and Pope Francis speaks a lot of languages um, and he talks about the language he's the least comfortable with um, is English. And so minimally I'd like to remind our emergent bilingual students that they're an incredible company um, and that they have a beautiful superpower of navigating two languages and, and ways of being bilingual and being biliterate. It's something that's really additive um, and something that you know, our schools, as the number of English learners increase, English learners are the fastest growing population in U.S. schools. And so I often say to our teachers, if you're not teaching English learners now, um, you will. And what an incredible opportunity that is to really learn some new pedagogical skills. Um, and so how that, that that's my passion there. And, and Pope Francis um, certainly is a great example of that. But I think it's more than that. It's showing our children that um, their home language and their home culture is a big part of who they are, and it's something that our schools can build upon. It's an asset. It's a funds of knowledge. Um, how that particularly relates to LEAD is we view leadership very broadly within LEAD. And so I know we talked about some of our goals, and one of our goals um, is simply to have our LEAD fellows think through what leadership might look like in their particular community, their particular school. So we're really deeply committed to forming lead fellows uh, who feel empowered to make change and to be leaders within their own context. In some of our school contexts, that might mean um, really advocating for your language learners. Um, we had one of our lead fellows who was really committed to having Spanish heritage lunches and opportunities for his children to speak Spanish proudly um, amongst each other. So with that being said, I think within the context of LEAD, um, becoming an expert in language and advocating for students is one path to showing leadership. I, I think that's very true. And leadership looks different in different situations, and, and but just developing all the potential that we can, I think will make our schools stronger. So what do we see for Project, well, first of all, before we do that, how, how does Project LEAD work? If I am a Latino person, I said, what, what is it? What do I have to do to become a part of Project LEAD? Yeah, that's a great question. 
essentially, the way that you can become involved with LEAD is by um, just paying close attention to what the application deadline and timeline looks like for the program. So we typically open that up um, in kind of the, the late winter, early spring uh season. And at that time, you can apply. It's, it's a brief application. Um, and you can just say a little bit more to us about where you're currently coming from, uh, the role that you're working in in a Catholic school, and how you hope to grow in that. Uh, and from there, our team will, will kind of do the work of, of seeing if you are a good fit for this cohort. And um, then we can kind of get you rolled into the process. Before that, though, we hope that you feel free to reach out to us in your discernment and uh, members of our team would be happy throughout any month of the year to kind of be in conversation around what this possibility could mean for you. Um, so that's a little bit of like the pre-fellowship work and, and um, discernment um, timeline that you would be considering. Once you're a member of the cohort, um, you would participate in a year-long, uh, mostly virtual fellowship that uh, is organized around mentor groups. So we intentionally keep the cohort divided into smaller groups where they are working with a leader who is um, somewhere throughout the country, um, someone who we have deep trust and um, confidence in to kind of walk closely with our, our leaders, as we've kind of coined here. Um, and help them work through a set of monthly modules that are organized around the theme of um, uh, identity and the themes of identity of uh, Catholic social teaching and some of the cardinal virtues that we see as essential um, topics as you consider your own growth and leadership. So you're guided through those modules by a mentor in a small group over the course of a year. Um, and there are a lot of kind of touch points through that, opportunities for reflection and interaction with members of our team, et cetera, et cetera. At the end of your fellowship experience, you would participate in a three-day in-person conference here at the University of Notre Dame. And um, what we were able to experience this last year with our inaugural cohort was really energizing. Um, it was tremendous to be able to bring all of our leaders to campus together for a few days of programming and just to celebrate each other and, and our shared culture, but also think deeply about what the next step will be and how this year's experience has changed the way that we will be able to step into the next school year um, with, uh, with the confidence and the security that we at times need um, in order to take on that next leadership role or say yes to the new exciting opportunity uh, within a Catholic school. And, um, and that's really the hope and goal, I think, is just to provide this space over the course of the year for people to think deeply about where they've been um, and consider with confidence where they want to go and, and have some of the resources and networking and connections to then take that next step after their experience with the fellowship. Uh, Katie, I'm sure I missed some pieces there, so please feel free to chime in. No, I think you did an absolutely incredible job. Um, here in the Alliance for Catholic Education, we're rooted in three pillars of spirituality, community, and professional development, professional growth. And so LEAD just hits upon those three pieces through, um, through the networking component, through really this intensive look at the spirituality of leadership and um, also within this professional development component of these small learning communities. And so we just invite you, um, if this program sounds appealing to you, reach out to either one of us. Uh, we can't wait to get to know you. 
And the, it, the program is great. And I, it was gratifying for me to see people exert their leadership and be comfortable with it, doing it in different ways. And I believe a, a, two of our um, lead fellows have also joined the ACE leadership program, their Remick leadership program, I'm sorry, to the Remicks, um, but the Marianne um, Remick leadership program and are looking at um, earning a master's degree in Catholic school leadership and becoming principals at Catholic schools. So that was gratifying to see too, um, because I think there, it's just another opportunity that may come your way as part of this work. So um, I, love the work that is going on in Project LEAD and I think it's going to be good forever um, because I think just helping people discover their own leadership abilities is such a good thing to do and is such a Catholic thing to do. But what do we want to see um, in five years? Just, you know, in a short blip, what do you want to see in five years? Do you want to see 50 people involved? Do you want to see um, 100 new Catholic school principals who are Latino? What do you want to see in five years? that will be an outgrowth of Project LEAD? I think that's a great question. It's always smart to kind of think ahead in those ways. Um, I think for me, I, I hadn't quite put a number on it. Um, certainly, we will work on our end to welcome as many LEAD fellows um, that are interested in this as possible. So you have our deep commitment there. Uh, but a couple of things that I've thought of about what this might look like um, in the future, and I certainly would ask Itzul to chime in as well with her visions. Um, but I think obviously baseline, just an increase in the number um, of Latino leaders um, with a high retention rate for some of the reasons that Itzul mentioned at the very beginning. Um, we want leaders in these roles and staying in these roles and really thriving. Uh, so we, we wanna look at those different factors as well. Um, I also think, too, as we're deeply committed to the spirituality component of our formation here, um, I want our leaders to have this opportunity to think deeply about the Catholic nature of their leadership. And so I hope one outcome is just leaders who are deeply committed to their faith, even more committed to their faith as a result of this intervention of, of the LEAD project. Um, I think another piece would just be, for me, um, we have our leaders complete an empowerment project, but really, it, to me, it's, it's a mentality of how do I look at the needs of my community um, and how do I empower, how am I empowered myself um, to make a difference there, but also how am I empowering my own community to, um, to take on leadership roles as well. And I think for me, so those were three, I jotted down the fourth, and that's just genuinely um, the formation of saints, whether that's our children in schools or our leaders in schools. I think just the idea that we're all um, called to accompany each other home. Um, and if this is one small way to, to ensure that we're all on that path, um, I think I would call that all metrics of success. I think those are great metrics. Go ahead. Absolutely. I think just to echo everything Katie said, and on a very kind of individual level, I think um, part of what I see as a goal in this programming is that a person who participates in LEAD is able to look at the kind of timeline of their um, professional growth and, and leadership trajectory and say with um, sincerity and with confidence that this was an experience that provided kind of a moment of lift for them to borrow um, some Melinda Gates language here that um, they felt like 
this was something that helped leverage them into the next space, whatever that next space may be, um, and that they're able to point to that as kind of a, a pivotal moment in their discernment journey. And I would add that it gave them either the tools or the language or the connections that they needed to turn around and offer the same for someone else who, who might be needing that support in their community as well. Um, so just to be able to um, grow into that next space and to say that LEAD met them wherever they were in their journey and took them one step further and for them to also look to their communities and the people in front of them and, and learn how they can continue to do that for people who might be overcoming barriers as well. That, that's those are all great outcomes, and I hope that they. I hope that we achieve those goals. I think we will be much better off as a community and as a church and as Catholic school educators if we reach those goals. Um, but I still hope we have at least fifty or a hundred. Okay. <laughs> so um, my, I always ask everyone who's on the podcast, what's the best lesson you've ever learned? So who's first? Oh, gosh, I am um, happy to just kind of take a step at this. And uh, I don't know, I, I feel like I'm learning new lessons every day. And I, um, I'll just I'll share this here, because I'm looking at the little note on my in my office that reminds me of this every day, but it, it came from a father Greg Boyle book, um, where he reminds us that we encounter God in, in every moment in every way of um, our existence. And, and he says that God is present right there today in the person in front of us, that there's joy beyond holding, beholding this day we encounter paradise. Um, and I just see that over and over again uh, in the people I get to work with and the participants that I have the privilege of helping form. Um, and I, that's a lesson that is just retaught um, within every season. So I'm deeply grateful for it. That's a good one. I used to teach first graders that God is in everybody. So Katie, your turn. Thank you, Gabby. Um, again, a great question. I know you even sent this to me beforehand, but I can't settle on one thing. Um, I believe deeply that in this stage of my life, every semester takes on a different feel. Um, I think that's true, <laughs> certainly in the pandemic for all of us as well. Uh, I think, honestly, something that I have to keep coming back to these days, honestly, is Julian of Norwich, and I am holding on tight to all will be well um, in all manners of things. All will be well because we know um, that God's hand is there. And so I think that that is just something that, that resonates with me um, as just the anxieties of where we are in the world these days, just to know that um, that God's watching over us, simple as it may be. Um, it's been a really powerful thought for me these days. Yep. And I'm reminded, be still and know that I am God. I think that takes us a long ways if we can just be still. Thank you so much, both of you, for participating. We really appreciate it. And thank you to the University of Notre Dame and the ACE um, program for supporting this initiative because Project LEAD is going to make a difference for students, for teachers, for principals, and for the church. And so we appreciate very much your work on Project LEAD. And again, for more information, you can go to Project LEAD. Um, I have the website up on my phone, or I did have ace.nd.edu. And if you go there, you will find it, or you can type in Project LEAD um, at the University of Notre Dame. So thank you both very much for participating, and thank you to our listeners. We always appreciate when you tune in to the NCA podcast. Thank you. Thank you.